0: Celebrity, let your weary mind be free, and someone kind of famous who you can't see. It's time for Sleeping with Celebrity.
1: Hello heads and welcome to Sleeping with Celebrities. I'm John Moe. I'm glad you're here. On this audio program, as you may know, we invite our guests to step out of the limelight and step into the nightlight. On this show, for one bedtime, I don't want them to bring their A game, but rather their Z game. It's a podcast where you can sleep, you can simply relax, you can take a break from stress and intensity. Just ahead, We'll be sleeping with Aparna Nancherla, and she's going to talk with me about finding bougie coffee shops in cities. But before all that, I invite you to settle in and get comfortable while I tell you about another show on the Maximum Fun Network. Sleepy heads, I wish to tell you about another podcast that you may enjoy here on the Maximum Fun Network, where we have fun in maximum amounts. This podcast is called Troubled Waters. It's a comedy-slash-trivia podcast hosted by Dave Holmes, and it's all about popular culture, or pop culture. Every other week, two funny people face off against each other in a variety of improv games and silly quizzes to win the coveted title of Pundit Emeritus. They have had some awesome guests like Otsko Okatsuka, Josh Gondelman, David Keckner, Josh Rubin, Jamie Loftus, and so many more. That's Troubled Waters on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your pod. Casts. And now for our guest. Aparna Nancherla is a self-described scrunched-up napkin with recyclable dreams, who you have probably seen on television doing stand-up or acting. And even if you haven't seen her on TV, you've probably seen someone on TV speaking words that she wrote. I'm happy to inform you that comedian, actor, and television writer Aparna is also now an author, arguably a fancier type of writer. Her new book is entitled Unreliable Narrator, Me, Myself, and Imposter Syndrome, And I urge you to visit AparnaComedy.com, where you'll be able to see all the places that she's traveling for her book tour. Aparna, welcome to Sleeping with Celebrities.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
1: i like to start off our bedtime conversations with a question or two about sleep. Sure. Do Do you fall asleep easily yourself?
0: I have a bit of a erratic relationship with sleep in that I love to sleep and I will indulge the opportunity to do so, but I also am a night owl and I kind of like staying up as late as possible.
1: Mm. Do you recall the best night of sleep that you've ever had?
0: The best night of sleep I've ever had... I would have to say it's probably, I can't think of the exact day or time, but it's probably been when I've, you know, uh, kind of stacked up a lot of sleep deprivation days, like maybe too much travel in a row or something Mm. where I just too many early mornings. And then I end up having to just take a day where I sleep an obscenely long amount of time, like 12 hours, maybe, let's say. Mm. And I don't know if that would... Is technically healthy, but it feels you feel somehow like a different person when you wake up from 12 hours of sleep. I don't know if it's always a better person, but you're different. Well, you
1: travel quite a bit with comedy and now with your book tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, is it difficult to sleep in hotels or is it easier to sleep in hotels?
0: I find. I used to find hotel rooms a lot more novel and exciting and I would easily I would even be captivated by the art I'd say on the walls. Like I would be so easily impressed. But now now I'm now my bar is kind of higher. I want everything to be as home like and cocoon like as possible. So I often find I have to trick myself into feeling like a place is familiar when I've just stepped into it for the first
1: time. I see. Well, let's talk about some of the coffee shops that you have visited, um, and I understand that you've that you've prepared a list of some of the most memorable, fairly recent bougie coffee shops that you've that you visited. Let's-
0: yes, I. I mean, I would say just to preface, I am a, uh, I'm someone who, as I said, likes comfort, finds comfort in routine and. I think I found one thing that grounds me when I travel is just finding a sort of coffee shop that fits uh, a template of bougie and sort of familiarity in its um, yuppie customs. And so I try to find one of those in any place I'm in.
1: And how do you go about finding them? What is the, what is the approach, what is the technique in locating and identifying these bougie coffee shops? Yes,
0: yeah, so usually I I start out with um pretty uh I guess what you would say intuitive first step is just going going on Google Maps and hitting the coffee option just to see what's nearby and then and then I start to narrow it down by rating um type of drink available, what I can gather the ambiance is like just from whatever photos are available via Google Maps. And then sometimes if I feel like I'm still not getting any good hits, I'll, you know, Google best coffee shops in X city. And then I will uh, see if any of those are near me or if any of the ones I've found, I can sort of cross verify the vibe of something similar um, on the best list.
1: Mm. And what are you looking for in terms of of unique characteristics beyond being best? What are the what are some telltale signs that will pull you in?
0: Yeah, so I think uh, what we're first looking at is type of drink available. I'm very easily um, influenced. You know, everywhere now has the espresso the the drip, the, the lattes, the macchiatos, the cortados, but now, now I need another elevation of that. I need, do you have signature drinks at your establishment? And, and this isn't like a Starbucks, like, you know, Frappuccino, like I'm looking at, you know, house made syrups and uh, sort of above and beyond caring about um, creating something unique and individual to, to the shop itself, not, I, I'm I hate to say it, but I'm not a franchise person. I'm not a chain coffee person. I don't find comfort in finding, you know, the same business in every city. I want it to be a one, hopefully just one building and nowhere else.
1: And why is that? What's so rewarding about the one building, the unique one of a one of a kind enterprise?
0: I think it just feels more special like you've stumbled on something uh that that only you at this moment and time and place in your life have found and I don't know if that's part of the um sort of aesthetic of of consumerism that I've been trapped into but anything that makes me feel more unique and special I'm I'm buying it wholesale
1: okay Well, let's start with Los Angeles, the city that you moved to from New York and where you currently live. What are some coffee shops, bougie coffee shops, if you would, that uh, you've identified in the Los Angeles area?
0: Yes. So one of them that I uh, love is called Mandarin. It's in Pasadena, which is a little bit outside Los Angeles proper, but it is A coffee, I guess they call themselves a coffee stand because it's not even, there isn't really even any seating room inside. You just walk in and order, and there's like a kind of standing area, but then otherwise you have to go outside to drink your drink. So, really, they're only about making you your drink, and it's not about, you know, staying, mingling, plugging in a laptop. You're really just there for the coffee or the drink experience. And then you're on your way or you're out back into the world or you're meeting a friend outside.
1: Okay. So we have Mandarin in Pasadena. How did you, how did you locate this and how far is it from where you live?
0: How far is it from where I live? I think if I walked, I could get there in 40 minutes Okay, and I have walked before because I only moved to Los Angeles earlier this year and for maybe the first month or so did not have a car. So was walking more than I would say uh, is customary for me.
1: Is that legal in Los Angeles to not have a car?
0: I don't think so. It's not advisable, but I know a lot of a lot more people do it now with Uber and Lyft, I think, uh-huh, uh, sure. are doing it. But I think... I've heard of people who also just try to walk everywhere here, and I think they're considered outliers uh, societally.
1: Yes. Okay. All right. So we have Mandarin in Pasadena, a coffee stand. Uh, yes. What are, what are some other uh, coffee shops that you've that you've identified and at? Well, I do
0: want to highlight one drink at Mandarin. That kind of sends us down another uh, tangent. But – uh they have this drink let me see what it is i think it's called a vienna vienna cream it's called like a viennese cream or something but it's this new trend i've noticed in in coffee where um they have drinks now where they have sort of a cream top mm. over the coffee and it's just so sweet and delicious and adds this like little cap of of just like a gentle pillow on top of your drink. And I I will go out of my way to find, find places that have like a cream top coffee. Okay.
1: All right. So have you found cream top coffees elsewhere?
0: There's also a place in Los Angeles called Maru Coffee that does a cream top coffee. Um, I mean, if we're being, uh, you know, plebeian about it, it is essentially just coffee with a thick, thick layer of whipped cream on top, but that's not that's not what we're calling it now, John. It's okay. cream top.
1: It's coffee. cream top, not just frosting or foam.
0: Oh no, no, no. sometimes maybe a cold foam. you'll hear it called. I think Starbucks is calling it cold foam, but cold foam. That doesn't sound as good. That gives me more of a laboratory feel.
1: Mm. Do you call prospective coffee shops ahead of time and ask, do you have sweet cream top coffees?
0: You know, I would if I if I had the appetite to call people anymore, but I've fully converted to digital interfaces. Hmm. And I I think sadly I, I should I would have to admit that I would ask a chat bot over a human whether they have a cream top coffee.
1: An automated AI barista.
0: An automated AI barista who's, you know, just trying to pursue their dream eventually.
1: Does the Maru coffee, they have the cream top as well?
0: Yes, that is. It's sort of, it's always in the signature drink section. It's usually like advertised as a specialty of the store. I first discovered it in New York where I lived for many years at this place called 10,000 Coffee, which I think is maybe an offshoot of a South Korean uh, coffee vendor. I, I think that's correct. But anyway, they adapted the drink. It's called an Einspanner. I think that's how you say it. It's, I believe, German, but it is it is basically just coffee with whipped cream on top, and now everyone's doing the iron spanner, or they'll call it the cream top coffee.
1: When you search for the bougie coffee shops, is it solely a matter of retrieving the type of beverage that you want, or are you trying to uh, some, form some sort of personal, emotional affinity connection with the business?
0: It does feel like I am looking for some kind of emotional support from the business. I'm not sure if it's just the familiarity of their model or, uh, just feeling like I've located something, uh, that I can tether onto in an unfamiliar place, but it does feel like it's beyond the product itself. Like the ritual has become somewhat emotional in nature.
1: Now when you've been out on tour in support of your new book are you arriving in some of these cities and then seeking out the coffee shop or do you plan ahead 2 3 cities in the future
0: It has gotten to the point where I will be planning ahead where I'll be so anxious about traveling or you know being away from home or a show or something that I will then ground myself by looking at coffee shops near the places where I'm staying and saying, okay, but at least you'll have, you know, little attic roasters right there for you.
1: Okay. All right. Well, what are some shops that you found on this tour?
0: Okay. So let's see. I was in, where was I most recently? I was in Minneapolis Mm -hmm. and uh, right across like literally could not be more convenient right across the street from where I was staying. There was a place called seven corners coffee.
1: Okay. Tell me about seven corners.
0: I mean, also I will say all these places, generally there's a lot of natural light you go in and you feel kind of enveloped in, um, yeah, sunlight. And there's, uh, sometimes there's succulents. I would say less. So these days, um, but, yeah, just a lot of clean light coming in and uh and then the pastries are always kind of displayed um like it's like you know school picture day like they're already they put on their best face and mm. and yeah, they're just they're proud on of their themselves. pastry hair, yes, yes, yeah.
1: are you looking for the coffee or pastry experience, or are you looking for? a place to hang out for a while?
0: I think it's more, I go first for the experience, but I do like a place where I can sort of sit in the corner and and observe, because it also feels like sometimes a snapshot of of the particular city and um, kind of, uh, I feel like my comedy uh, fandom over intersects a lot with with uh coffee shop culture Mm -hmm. like i feel like um i tend to have a pretty healthy share of baristas who are fans so i think it also just feels uh helpful in that way to kind of size up what my crowd might be like later
1: is it safe to say that you are the indie coffee shop of comedians Sleepyheads, it is time once again for me to tell you about another podcast here on the Maximum Fun Network, where we have the maximum amount of fun. This one is called Feeling Seen. It's hosted by Jordan Cruciola, a writer and producer whose work has been in New York Magazine, Rolling Stone, and Wired Feeling Seen is a movie podcast about the moments when we recognize ourselves on screen, and the ways we might find that representation lacking. Every Thursday, each episode features a guest talking about the character who made them feel seen on screen. That's Feeling Seen on Maximum Fun, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is it safe to say that you are the indie coffee shop of comedians?
0: Oh, I guess I've, I've never thought of it that way, but yeah, I guess so. I mean, I do, I do feel like something about me. I think of um, a big spoon with a little key attached to it.
1: <laughs> you should, you should have that in your home for where yeah, whenever yes. you want to use the restroom. Yes. What did you order at the Seven Corners?
0: Okay, so they had, like I often am delighted by, a little specialty drink menu. And and this is a, something I've noticed more with indie coffee shops. They'll have a specialty drink menu that rotates seasonally, and it'll often be either handwritten or like a separate little menu attachment to their regular menu. And so they had one of these handwritten, and they had... A blackberry matcha that I decided to take a chance on.
1: Describe it, please.
0: Okay, so blackberry matcha—it's a uh, house-made blackberry syrup, and then it's just a matcha over milk matcha latte, and then yeah, just infused with some of the blackberry syrup. And then they recommended it iced, so I got it iced. And I did ask if it was too sweet. That's another—that's another thing that makes me a tough customer. I like. I like a specialty drink, but I don't want it too sweet. and they said it wouldn't be too sweet, and it wasn't. They were right.
1: You were pleased with it. I was so you don't always go with coffee itself. You will hit the specialty menu and see what they're offering.
0: well, I was I, I've been trying to kick caffeine, John because I have terrible anxiety, and I think the caffeine just makes it worse. and everyone's like, drink matcha, you know it's less of a it's less caffeine. it's a smoother hit and they were right. But I can't get over how much I like the taste of coffee.
1: Tell me about some other shops that you've discovered on the road, either in your time as a comic or in, in your time now as an author.
0: I realized this coffee shop wasn't in my recent book tour purview in terms of cities. It was in Baltimore. And I, I think we can, all, we can all agree Baltimore isn't A place where we think of, oh, great coffee shops, Baltimore. But this is where I found it. And they had specialty drinks. I'm going to read you the description of one just to show you how above and beyond they are. Okay. Uh, Okay, so it's called Ceremony Coffee Roasters. And it's, I think I found it, I walked from the hotel and I was so excited because uh, when I can walk there, it feels like extra credit or something. I don't know why. I will never take a lift to a coffee shop. It has to be within walking distance. Those are the rules. Sure. Okay, so let's see. Fall menu. Okay, first of all, listen to these names. One of them is called Pumpkin to Talk About. They're not even just naming the drink. They're really giving it a little personality.
1: A little biography of the drink.
0: Yeah. Another one's called Sweater Weather. One's called Get Toasted. And listen to the description of Get Toasted. Oat milk latte mixed with a house-made honey graham syrup and a touch of dark chocolate topped with a torched marshmallow and graham cracker crumbs. Created by Peter.
1: They have author credits. They have bylines on the specialty.
0: It's the only place I've found that does author credits, and that just feels like they're, they're respecting their baristas as artists, like they should be.
1: Okay, so that's the, the ceremony coffee roasters that get toasted in uh, Baltimore. We've also talked about the Seven Corners in Minneapolis, the mm-hmm. 10,000 coffees in New York City, and then Maru... Coffee in Los Angeles and Mandarin in Pasadena.
0: And I have to I have to admit John cuz I said at the beginning I don't like a franchise but I believe 10,000 Coffee has 3 locations and Maru has 2.
1: I think Seven Corners has 3 as well.
0: Oh boy. Okay.
1: Yeah. For a total of 21 corners. Oof. Yeah. I think if it's not something that is also sold in grocery stores, then it counts as independent. Okay. Where else are you going to take us on this tour of bougie coffee shops?
0: Burlington, Vermont. There I went to a place called Onyx Coffee Roasters. And this place, now listen, I like an industrial feel as much as the next person, but sometimes it does feel like a place can be trying to be like excessively industrial. And I wouldn't say Onyx was, but it was, you know, sort of halfway between cozy and, and very industrial. Because I feel like some coffee shops now, they're trying to have no warmth whatsoever. Right. And I, I can't, I, I don't think I can stomach those. <laughs>
1: is, is that what Onyx coffee is? It's an industrial
0: no, I would say it's on the halfway point between cozy to industrial, but it 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 typically skewed a little more industrial than I than is my taste. Ah,
1: okay. And what did you get at Onyx Coffee?
0: I got—I don't remember the name, but it was some sort of Vermont specialty where it was like a drip coffee with infused with a little bit of maple syrup and chicory. I love chicory. Um, I feel like more people should be doing things with chicory, but maybe I'm predicting a trend. Um, But yeah, it was, again, an iced drink, but it really hit the spot.
1: I find that in Vermont, the maple syrup thing is no joke. I had a pizza with maple syrup on it in Burlington, Vermont.
0: Yeah. Was it like a spicy maple syrup or just like a straight maple
1: it was about what you would think a maple syrup would be, and we were in Burlington, my wife and I, just for the evening, and uh wanted to get something to eat. I said, Let's get a pizza and found the local independent pizza place and I I asked as I sometimes do, as I was taught by Peter Sagel from Wait Wait, don't tell me. Sure. If you're in a restaurant in a city that you would not otherwise ever be in, you say I've never been here before. I may never be here again. What should I order?
0: Oh, that's a great line.
1: And the answer was the maple syrup pizza.
0: I mean, I I was thinking about it as you were saying it. And if you think about it, pizza is sort of just like a cheese pancake. (laughs) So in that sense, maple syrup is right at home on there.
1: Right. You would put all sorts of things on pancakes. Why not put all sorts of things on pizzas?
0: And people have. I mean, I feel like families have broken up over the pineapple debate. Mm.
1: Let me ask you about this. We had Phoebe Judge, the podcaster, host of Criminal Podcasts. Oh, yeah.
0: In- incredible voice.
1: Incredible voice. She was on our show recently, and she told about making a clam chowder huh. pizza. No. Because she is a clamor. And she makes a clam chowder pizza, which she very strenuously defends as being a legitimate and good pizza. Mm-hmm. Would you ever try a clam
0: chowder pizza? I don't think I i couldn't simply because I'm a vegetarian, but I have to say the texture immediately I was worried.
1: Yeah. Dismayed.
0: Just because with the bread, I mean, I guess, I guess. Sometimes clam chowder is served in a bread bowl, but I guess I'm just worried about the infrastructure issues.
1: Yeah, the ability of the crust to hold up to the the clam chowder itself.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that's not crust's job, like it never signed up for liquids.
1: Yeah, so I suppose clam coffee would be straight out of the question then as well.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think if I've ever had a coffee with like a savory thing. I think the closest I've got was, um, what, did, what were people drinking? The bulletproof coffee where it was like butter. Oh. I tried it. It was fine, but it wasn't really my thing.
1: All right. Well, let's keep traveling to some other coffee shops. What are some others that you identified and then sought out and achieved?
0: So in Boston, th- this is also a chain, so I'm once again breaking my rule but Dunkin I went Donuts. To- <laughs> yeah, Dunkin this little hole in the wall, Dunkin Donuts. <laughs> um but I I also went to a place called Thinking Cup.
1: Thinking Cup.
0: I mean, I also love a pun. I'm I'm easily uh hooked. But um Thinking Cup it was This would normally turn me off, but there was a line out the door when I went, but it was worth it. I'm glad I waited in the line.
1: What did you get?
0: I just got a a standard latte, I I think with a little bit of house-made hazelnut syrup. And, um, oh, and this is my other uh, coffee shop selling point, a good breakfast sandwich.
1: Oh, okay. And did you get that at Thinking Cup as well?
0: They did, and this was one that was only available for the weekend, so then that made me hop right on it.
1: What was in your breakfast sandwich?
0: It was an English muffin, which I wish more places did a breakfast sandwich on an English muffin because a lot of them are doing croissants and, and brioches, and I just want a little English muffin action. Um you want, was, you want you want
1: a substance delivery device. You don't want the the exactly. bun to overpower the experience. It's That's just exactly a messenger. Right.
0: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right. And it was a egg um I guess like an egg patty with like veggies and cheese. Um I think Swiss cheese on top and I think spinach and tomato were in the egg patty and then this part this part really blew my mind. Um, two crispy slices of sweet potato. why wow. it was so good, really? Yes, and I would have never thought to do that.
1: Did the sweet potato augment the rest of the flavors experience, or did it overpower them?
0: No, it augmented, and it added just like a hint of of that sweet potato, you know, sugary sugariness. It was perfect.
1: It was an accent potato.
0: Yes, 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 yes. I guess it's sort of like the way sometimes you'll put potato chips in a sandwich. It was like, like a sweet potato fry, I guess, in a sandwich. But mm-hmm. I just wouldn't have never have thought of it.
1: Here in the Upper Midwest, we sometimes put potato chips atop our casseroles or hot dishes.
0: Ooh, I st- is a hot dish the same thing as a casserole? I
1: have lived here for 15 years and I think yeah but I'm saying <laughs> that without a lot of conviction.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Cuz I'm considered new in town even though you I've are? been here. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's um if you're from somewhere else, then you're pretty oh. much new in town. Um It's our, our youngest child was born in Minnesota and Mm -hmm. we have hopes that she will have a network of friends that will last her a lifetime because she will have those friends from preschool. And that's when one makes friends in Minnesota.
0: Oh, that's the only window.
1: Yeah. So we tend to (sighs) hang out with a lot of people who aren't from around here.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. New in town people new in town
1: now i want to go to the seven corners though
0: i would recommend it
1: okay all right
0: though when i was there there was i believe like the u U of m crew team had just gotten there before me i think post practice so that was a bit of a to-do
1: did they all order in unison
0: You would think they would have a more efficient ordering strategy, but no, they all decided to go solo. Wanted it.
1: All right. We've got Pasadena, Los Angeles, New York, Minneapolis, Baltimore, Burlington, and Boston. Where are we off to next?
0: We will go to Philadelphia, where I went to Elixir Coffee.
1: And how did you find Elixir Coffee? What method did you use?
0: Elixir Coffee, I actually remembered from a previous jaunt in Philadelphia, but it—I had marked it on my Google Maps as, uh, you know, when you can favorite a place. Mm-hmm. So it was—it was there waiting for me, ah. an old friend. Right.
1: Use the web.
0: I use the web.
1: Tell me about Elixir Coffee. What makes it special?
0: It, it Elixir Coffee is like one of those places. I think there's. There's maybe, again, two or three of them, but it is. um, you go in there and you see a bunch of uh, student-looking types, you know, plugging away with their books and their laptops. And I also like that sort of vibe where you see someone, you see at least three people catching up on the reading. I like Mm. that in my coffee shops.
1: Okay. All right. What did you order at Elixir?
0: I think at Elixir I just got a... I think it was kind of late in the day because I had just gotten there that morning and I got, it was pouring outside. And I think I got a, just a, a regular matcha latte.
1: Okay. All right. And the elixir coffee in Philadelphia. Now, what is your appetite for hipster baristas? I know when I lived in Seattle, There was many baristas who seemed really put out by having to make somebody a cup of coffee, like it really got
0: in the way of the day they were having. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I I like a nice, bougie coffee shop, but I cannot handle uh, a too snarky barista or a too disaffected barista. Mm. I need a degree of humanity.
1: Just a sliver.
0: Just a sliver, just a slight... S- slight twinkle in the
1: eye okay let me ask you this we're we're talking about different coffee shops and generally when you order something at a coffee shop it's going to wake you up because it has caffeine in it sure is it irresponsible of a program to talk about coffee during a bedtime episode
0: oh no It does feel inherently problematic.
1: Challenging, perhaps, but let's justify it.
0: But maybe we could justify it by saying people who love caffeine, we're kind of um, giving them something to look forward to in the morning. Oh, right. Like something to dream about and, and a reason to be excited about the next day.
1: Or we're giving them a decaffeinated experience, a caffeine-free experience, because you can enjoy your coffee, you can enjoy hearing about coffee, but without the caffeine, that's going to keep you awake.
0: Yes, and by someone who really does actually know very little about coffee.
1: Okay. All right. Um, Have you traveled to... Have you... Does your... Approach work in international cities. Have you tried this in your Vancouver's or Montreal's? Oh London's?
0: yes, I have I haven't um I haven't been outside the country in a minute, but yes i do I do it wherever I can. I remember one time I found just a lovely coffee place in Paris of all cities um which you know one would imagine is chock full of great coffee places, but it was owned by two sisters. That's why I remember it. They both opened it together and now it's closed. I'm sorry to say, but it was just the most adorable little coffee shop.
1: And the same approach in, in terms of tracking these places down worked the same in Paris as it would somewhere else.
0: Yeah. I, 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 uh, I don't know whether I should say I'm delighted or horrified to say it, but uh, bougie culture is now available everywhere.
1: Okay. It's an international phenomenon. Yes. Do do you remember what the Two Sisters shop was called?
0: Mm, I don't, and I don't know how to look it up since it's not open anymore. Right. Okay. But believe it or not, the name was French.
1: I, I can believe that. That makes a lot of sense to me. All right, so we've got, we've stored up, I think, eight or nine coffee shops here. I know you have at least one more to tell us about.
0: I do, I do. But which shall it be? Which shall it be? Okay, so this one kind of threw me off. I was in Portland, Oregon, another place teeming with coffee options. Sure. And I found a place called Less and More Coffee. Okay. But the thing is, it popped up in two locations, a mere, merely two blocks from each other, which really threw me off.
1: Wow. How did that happen?
0: Well, I went to one of them and it was a brick and mortar, and then the other one was a kiosk. So I think I'm guessing the kiosk predated the brick and mortar and they're slowly expanding.
1: This would seem like it's definitely on the more side of the less and more proposition. Exactly.
0: Exactly. They got to start talking about a name change.
1: Right. Yeah. More and more coffee.
0: More and more coffee.
1: What did you get at the less and more coffee?
0: Okay. They also had, they had sort of a cream top option, but they called it custard cream.
1: Oh, custard cream.
0: So I was immediately intrigued and it was delicious.
1: Oh, so an egg
0: custard perhaps. I don't know. What is an egg custard? I guess all custard has egg in it, so is is that right?
1: That's my understanding, is that there's some some egg involved.
0: Yes, then I'm guessing, yes, an egg custard.
1: Custard is a variety of culinary preparations based on sweetened milk, cheese, or cream, cooked with egg or egg yolk to thicken it, and sometimes also flour, cornstarch, or gelatin. Wow. I just thought that up off the top of my
0: head. <laughs> okay, I looked it up. They call it a cloud cream coffee.
1: Cloud cream coffee. Well, it's it just seems like heaven. Not like it's that delicious, but it just seems like someone describing how coffee is served in heaven.
0: Yes, exactly. And mm. that's what drew me in.
1: Yeah, Sure. Do you return to these places? You, you said you, you went back to Elixir Coffee in Philadelphia. Do you return to these places city after city, or do you seek out new places in a city once you've tried out one bougie coffee
0: shop? Mm, great question. I usually will return. I am loyal, but I will also, you know, see if anything new has opened up. So in that way, I am disloyal. I see.
1: Now, we are joining you today during your book tour. What are some Mm -hmm. coffee shops that you have circled for the next city you're going to?
0: Believe it or not, I'm next going to Denver, and I have not even done a preliminary search.
1: How exciting. Does that stress you out, or is that just fine?
0: I can't tell if I'm saving it to, oh, I know why I didn't search, because I don't know where I'm staying yet.
1: Oh, okay. Do you get there tomorrow?
0: <laughs> I get there in three days. So in you, three days. one okay. would think, one would think I would know that information, but it has not been given to me yet.
1: Perhaps a final question here there are people listening to this program in various cities around the country. Would you like our listeners to reach out to you via social media with bougie coffee shop recommendations from their towns and cities?
0: Oh please! I would welcome it as someone who is who has rapidly uh, had a deteriorating relationship with social media. I would love to reclaim it in this way.
1: Maybe that's maybe that's what can get all of social media back on track is bougie coffee shop recommendations.
0: I will say pretty much every shop I've named today has has an amazing Instagram.
1: Would that be your preferred platform for people to get in touch with you with their recommendations?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think Instagram works. Whatever used to be Twitter works.
1: Okay. So, that is your challenge tomorrow morning, sleepy You get up, you have your coffee, and then you make your recommendation to a partner in Cherla. And this is especially true for you, Denverites or Denverians. A pardon on Cherla, thank you for filling us in on bougie coffee shops, and good night.
0: Thank you. Good night.
1: Well, sleepyheads, I hope you enjoyed learning about finding bougie coffee shops as much as I did. You know, something I like to do at the end of my day is make a mental catalog of things that I experienced and or learned. So if you don't mind, I'm going to make a list of takeaways from my conversation with Aparna Churla right now, while it's fresh in my mind. 1. Aparna is no longer as captivated by hotel art as she used to be. 2. When you go to Mandarin in Pasadena, don't expect to linger. Just get your coffee and be on your way. 3. Aparna prefers chatbots to humans for her coffee queries. 4. If you want to kick caffeine, try matcha. 5. If you think about it, pizza is really just a cheese pancake. 6. Aparna wants a little English muffin action for a breakfast sammy. Enough with the croissants and brioche and bagels already. And seven, Bougie Coffee is now available everywhere, for better or worse. Uh, okay, I'm going to turn in myself. Thank you for sleeping with me and Aparna Nanchurla. You can follow Sleeping With Celebrities on both Twitter and TikTok using the handle at sleepwithcelebs. On Instagram, the handle is at Celebs. Our email is sleepwithcelebs@maximumfun.org. Music is provided by the Winter Bowers. The show was senior produced and edited by Laura Swisher. Swish. This is a production of Maximum Fun and Papuchik. I'm John Moe. Night-night.
0: Maximum Fun,
1: a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.